welcome. welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Sisterly Situations. Welcome. I'm Sherilyn. And I'm Missy. And this is really weird. This is so weird. Yeah. <laughs> so here's the situation. This is the first time we're actually recording together in person in the same place. Yeah, not only are we in the same room, but we're also makeshifting this setup. So we've got one microphone and we are two inches away from each other. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's really cute. It's a first and neither one of us are home. As we've talked about before, Missy lives in California. I live in Virginia. And right now we are at my aunt's house in New Jersey. So yeah, this is a very different setup, but hopefully it's all going to work out and this will be fun. Yeah, yeah. So we're learning here. We're learning. I just learned that your microphone is a completely different cord and setup. So yeah, we, we just learned that. But it, but really, this is pretty good. I've been here for forty five ish minutes, and we got it set up and ready to go for yeah what we need today. So this is awesome. High five. High five. Also, my sister being the complete genius. So um, genius. <laughs> so when we started this, not even. But like three, four months ago. January. We started this in January. The end of January, probably. Yeah. yeah, the end of January, early February, we were like, we don't know anything about sound or mm-hmm. anything like that. And here we are. And she just figured out like this big obstacle in 45 minutes. Yeah, that's true. Thanks for that gas. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's just like, oh, I know. And she's playing and hitting buttons. And it's pretty, pretty awesome to see my little in a zone like this. Brand new skill set that she's learning. I love it. You like my thinking face? <laughs> Is there steam coming out of my ears while I was figuring this out? No, I had headphones on, so it's probably blocking it all in. It was. That's how I figured it out. The steam is helpful. <laughs> Your brain was getting a steam bath. <laughs> I love it. Okay, so, so what's the situation today? We didn't even really talk about what we're going to talk about. What are we going to talk about? Okay, so, well, do you want to talk with the big about the the big thing the like big last thing night. yeah yeah we can totally talk about that big thing <laughs> let's talk about this big thing <laughs> so I think last week or the week before we had talked about unintentional consequences of growing up the way we did and some of the decisions that parents make especially selfish and irresponsible parents let's just be honest one of those things is that I was separated from my biological half siblings that we share a father. I haven't seen my biological father in like 36 years. I was also separated from his three children from his first marriage. A couple weeks ago, I, like right after we recorded that whole unintentional consequences, it was like the next day I got a message on Facebook Messenger saying, hey, I think you're my sister. And I was like, what? What makes you think that? (laughs) So we started a chat and Last night, for the very first time in person, I met my brother. And it was so beautiful to see. And also, I just, can I talk about this part, too? The uncertainty of biological relation other than pictures? True. Okay. So, my personal fear in in this experience was that I was going to be like, oh my God, this person might not be biologically related and blah, blah. I thought that that's all I was going to think about until 
the moment I saw you guys hug, I don't know if you noticed, but I started crying. <laughs> so I was you like, did notice that. I was like, oh my God, this is beautiful. And I didn't think about that portion of it at all. I was like, this is just because we had talked about the level of importance of that and how it's really not because this kid, because he was a kid when you were born, he was 10. Mm-hmm. Rewind a little bit just so our listeners know. My mother was very forthcoming in the fact that she wasn't entirely certain who my father was. So, who my biological father was. So, there was the man she was married to, and there was a another man. We haven't gotten any blood tests or anything like that to prove biology. But as the years went on, mom always said, oh my gosh, you look like your sister. So, I actually have three older siblings. That's so weird. It is. Cheryl has always been the oldest in yes. our group of siblings so it's very strange that she has three older siblings to me me being her baby sister always been the baby sister it's just so strange to think not of the it. baby well, there's another baby well oh i know i mean always but you are my baby your baby sister is what yes. i meant by that <laughs> it's such a weird concept for me to process i bet it's weird for you to process because you've always felt like the oldest of us siblings mm-hmm. because you are in our group and then like here comes along the other siblings of yours that are older and it's just like now now you're in the middle yeah that's such a and we talked thing. about that last we night did. how i went from being the oldest of three to being the middle of six mm-hmm. <laughs> and like sorry that we're jumping around a little bit because we are excited this is kind of the first time that we are talking about it since last night it is so because we talked a little bit but we were tired and i crushed my fingers in the car door and it <laughs> <laughs> was like they're okay. Um, they're a little bit puffy, but they're okay. And my nails look fire, so. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't ruin my nail paint job, and that was the most important. <laughs> <laughs> that was the most important thing. I broke my fingers. They're all smashed to shit, but look at my, my nails. nails look good. <laughs> my finger is over there, but the nail, it's pretty. The nail is pretty. <laughs> the gold stripe, it's beautiful. I'm happy. <laughs> But yeah, anyway, I, so all of that to say that we talked about it and the fact of the matter is whether they're blood related or not, whether there's resemblance or not, the fact is these kids were there and these, they were like, my baby sister is being born and then you were born and so they got, they they had a baby sister. Regardless what the truth is biologically, that was the scenario and right. your family. And right. you guys are long lost siblings, regardless what the bloodline says. And you've always saw, seen a resemblance of you and who we're called, who we're referring to as your bio dad. That's mm-hmm. the, that's the term we're using bio dad. I've personally never seen that. But then when you showed me the picture of the siblings, it's funny because you see a resemblance between you and one of the sisters, and I see way more of you and the other sister, but we both see you in that group. There's three. Right. Yeah. Yeah, so I think... And the nose. When he pointed out the nose, I was like, oh, you guys do have, like, a very similar point. He's definitely a little bit wider, but that might be masculine. masculine and it nose. could just be that his face is bigger. Yeah, yeah. But, I, but the way that it points, I was like, oh, wow, you guys do point the same... Mm-hmm. It's very possible. Yeah. It's more possible than not, I think. I don't know. I think so. My mind is a little bit back and forth. It is. And so, and of course, the biology side of it doesn't really matter much to me. It's not important. Because, frankly, it was 
like 12 years old or 12 years old the last time he saw me and he was holding me as a baby so he was just like and has spent so much time since then looking for me so it was really kind of a lot to take in that like once a year they would get together and be like so have you found her I can't find her and like what do you think where where could she be like it was just like that blew my mind when he said that and he was like yeah we used to get together every year and and like talk about you and see if we found you I, I I can't believe that there was these people I can believe it but like it's so much to process that there is these people looking for you your entire life and I was looking for them and you were looking for them you guys were looking for each other with no idea how to do anything like that and of course my only view of that was you looking for them you know, Which so I don't even know if you were aware that 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 I was doing that because I was very much like a solo project. Not as I mean, I wasn't aware of like exactly how act. I knew it was happening, but I didn't know how actively you had, and then like that conscious decision to stop when you had your daughter. Mm-hmm. I didn't. I definitely didn't know all those details. I knew that there was a, a search, but I thought like I guess my perception of it was like I had done this at one point in college and. And then kind of gave up when you couldn't find them, you know? Well, so there was a point when I had asked a friend in college to help me to try to find them. Because he was better at... But really, my way of trying to find them was always, I don't know, let's Google the names that I have. And I I don't really know how to find people. It was not very successful. To that point when I did have Guinevere, because you don't know. We grew up in very dysfunctional kind of lives. You don't... uh, People can come out of our situations in various forms of disarray, I guess. is You know, there's a large spectrum, but most of that trend, I would say, if you're looking at the bell curve, most of the people who grow up the way we did are not... They're not always in the best position as adults. Right. There, There's a lot of... And often because you're not having role models who are modeling healthy lifestyle and behaviors for you... Mm-hmm. So it's very easy to say this is what I what I was taught and this is how I am. So when I had my daughter, I had to be protective of her and kind of say, all right, I can't take that risk because I don't know what I would be introducing into my child's life. Mm-hmm. I did have to consciously say I have to give up. I have to just accept that that's not something I'm going to be able to do and move on. Right. But they are healthy and doing really well. Like, amazing. David is the oldest. Yes. And he is, oh my gosh, I love him. He's so sweet. He's so kind. And he's, you would never know. I mean, you you, you just would never know where he came from. And the, I mean, the things, some of the, we'll keep some of his stories private for now. But some of the stories that he told us, I'm like, wow, and you're sitting over there happy, you're smiling, you're in a strong, committed relationship, and very much in love with his partner. Mm -hmm. He's, not only is he capable, but he is lovingly taking care of his sister, who has neurological, severe neurological issues that causes some, I don't want to say disabilities, but that's I think that's the right word okay so disabilities and also um stopped maturing around seven so when he was describing her I I thought she was autistic so I asked and that's how that's how he told us 
she's actually not. Nobody has what she has. It's a very fascinating story. But anyway, she he loves her, lovingly takes care of her. It's not yeah. even just like there's a little bit of obligation, I guess, but obligation through love. Like it never felt to me like he was like nobody else is doing this, so I have to. It was like nobody is doing this properly and lovingly, and I want to. Right. Yeah. Because he it, he did say that she was living with other family, and he was like, okay, no, you're not. I, I, I'm going to take over now. Mm-hmm. Like, no, this isn't going okay. I'm going to take over. I'm going to take care of her. And they've made it so medically she's incredibly healthy. They've gotten her off of medication. and Because they cook real great food for her. I was like, oh, my God, you're speaking my language. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> It was. I, I, I could see that, that you were really engaged there. <laughs> I was. I really was. Food is the best medicine. I think it's scientifically proven that your gut is your first brain. And what when you're feeding your gut, you're literally feeding your brain. I mean, if you look at your brain and you look at your gut intestines, they look very similar. Interesting. Mm-hmm. So you want to, so you're, you are feeding your brain when you're feeding your gut. And... Well, I feed my gut a lot, yes. but my brain is dumb. Well, what are you feeding your gut? <laughs> dumb juice? <laughs> dumb juice. No, your brain is not dumb. It was so overwhelming. So it was funny. I kind of feel bad about it because there was so much anxiety. Like, I was having a hard time working in the morning. I was supposed to work half a day. And in the morning, it was just like, I can't, I can't focus. I, don't, I can't, I can't. I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing right now. We had other things that we did during like during the day before we met up with him. So by the time we actually met up with him, the anxiety and like the excitement and everything of the day just sort of hit me. And I felt like I just ran into a brick wall. I was like, oh, I'm so tired now. Mm-hmm. Like it's just, oh, this is happening. And oh, I'm Crash tired. Bang. Like I was like, <laughs> it, so I was not my best, my best self even. So I feel kind of bad. He kind of felt that, and he asked you a couple times, do you feel weird right now, blah, blah, blah. Being with me? Yeah. Like, is, this, is this uncomfortable for you? And I was like, oh, it's not that at all. I'm so tired. And a little overwhelmed, certainly, because it was a very surreal moment. And I was just kind of like, now now what? Like, now, now what? <laughs> yeah, now we're here, and, and... now what do I say and do? <laughs> Right. And what do we talk about? But you guys did have a really good conversation. You guys talked in, not in person, on online. You guys did like a yeah. video chat yep. and chatted for like three hours. Mm-hmm. And that, so that was probably a lot of the initial stuff you guys got out of the way in that conversation. <laughs> right. Probably we need to have like another meeting where it's a little more casual. And I am excited to meet his partner though. So the next time we'll meet together. He sounds really cool. He's definitely, you can tell how in love he is with his partner. And he was like, he's a good man. And I was like, I love that for you. Yes. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. So we will explore this. And I still have two sisters to meet. Of course, we'll be very careful with the one sister and her experience because we don't want to be traumatizing or set her back in any kind of way. So we're going to be careful there. I got a colored picture. I got a coloring. I got a big, mm-hmm. beautiful picture that she colored for me. A mermaid, I think. It's a bar- Barbie. 
Oh. <laughs> right. She did color it very green. Oh, so pretty. I'm so excited. I'm excited for you. So this is a whole new journey. And I was so happy you were there and we can do this together. Yeah. So I was actually kind of wondering about that. I was like, I wonder if he feels a little bit weird that I was there, but I don't think he did. Yeah, I don't think so. Because he didn't bring anybody. I thought he was going to bring one sister or his partner. And I knew you wanted me to be there. You had asked me a while ago, like, when he first contacted you, if I would, like, be with there with you. Yeah. And, of course, yeah, absolutely, I'll be there with you. <laughs> but he seemed totally fine. I mean, he's very – I mean, he invited me to, to – when he was inviting you to Christmas, he was like, you guys are both welcome, blah, blah, blah. We're family. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah. I don't know. We'll keep exploring and see how that goes. Yeah. It was kind of cool that the bartender, he David, said, he was like, this is my long-lost sister after, like, 35 years. And he's like, no way. And he said that he had a sibling that he didn't meet until they were 14. Mm-hmm. The sibling was 14. Mm-hmm. So it was like, it's crazy, and it hit home. He definitely was doing Last Call, and we were still there for a while. They were closing early. I've, I've never been in a place where they were, they were closing at, like, 9. I wanted to just put that out there because it said last call. We were not there until 2 a.m. Yeah, yeah. I think they were closing probably around 10, but it's like, you know, it's still very close to post-COVID. I don't even think we're post yet, and businesses are still doing weird hours. Like, we're in New Jersey, and New Jersey's known for our diners and and 24-hour diners. No diner is open 24 hours right now. Everybody's closing early. All the Starbucks close early. Before 10.30, like, we used to close at 10.30 when I worked there. So I think it's, like, something like that that something maybe like that. was I mean, happening. And it was a Monday. That's fair, too. It's not like there were a ton of people there. So mm. I can't imagine it being worth the financial aspect of having the place open, mm-hmm. like, as late as it would be. But, yeah, I remember when I first moved to Virginia, one of my things was the thing I missed the most about New Jersey were the 24-hour signs, like, places being open. <laughs> Everything shut down by 10 o'clock. And now I was in New Jersey going, why is this bar closing at 9 o'clock at night? <laughs> it was interesting. Yeah, The whole thing was interesting. The whole dynamic. It was. It's, it's definitely a different situation. It's a different situation than our normal sisterly situations. situations. <laughs> <laughs> it was a sibling situation right there. Yeah. There you go. Very sibling-esque. He did this cute thing. He posted a video and he had this premise and I thought it was so cute. He posted it on Facebook. He was like, if you're my long lost sister after 35 years, clap your hands. It was cute. so adorable. (laughs) I love it. Yeah. He asked, he was like, would it be okay if I like posted something? And I was like, I'd be okay with that. And would you be interested in maybe recording with us at some point? He was like, I would love that. Oh, cool. I didn't know you asked him that. Yeah, I did. I think when you went to the bathroom. Oh, okay. And then you came back freezing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And that, that was when you guys recorded that video. Yeah. It was the cutest. <laughs> it was. It was, yeah. It was cutest. So at some point, we'll we'll have to have David as a guest. Awesome. It'll be cool. Yeah. It'll be really cool. Yeah. Yay. Fun. I'm so happy. This was fun. The whole experience. I mean, not just recording about it, but, <laughs> <laughs> but the whole experience was fun. Yeah. I'm happy for you. It's exciting. It's weird. It's weird. It's different. It's very different. How are you feeling about it? Like, is it weird for you? Because it was very weird for me when I started hearing you, like our stepbrothers, mm-hmm. how when you would refer to your brothers and stuff. And I was like, that's weird for me. And I would skip the step 
part yeah. and I'd be like, my brothers. Yeah. So it is weird for me. Because I'm very possessive of you. Like, I'm very territorial. You're my sister. <laughs> I don't feel territorial over you in that way. Like, you're my sister. It is very strange to hear somebody who's not our little sibling refer to you as their sister. So that was just not uncomfortable in any way. It was just, like, weird. weird. Okay. Yeah. It was just, like, somebody that I don't know is calling my sister their sister and meaning it. Not even just, like, hey, sister. Mm-hmm. You know, meaning it as, you know, your long-lost sister. And so, but that portion of it is really weird, too, because I only knew a little bit that there was other kids. That part didn't really stick. Mm-hmm. So when you said your brother found you, I was like, oh. I, like, forgot forgot that there were other kids and like didn't even think forgot that that was a thing so it's it is very strange because I've never over time thought of you as having long lost siblings because that piece I was so little you know that I'm well, so you much were, younger than you I was you not there. born <laughs> yeah well I wasn't even there but like you know yeah. when we talked about it probably at the most I was very young yeah you know what I mean because it's just not something that we talked about as I got older and even in our relationship. And I also, as I got older, I was also kind of scared to talk to you about it because I was scared to ask you about the possibility of your bio dad not being your bio dad. And so I, because I never wanted to offend you and that, you know what I mean? Or like, mm-hmm. or argue in any way. So I, I've always been very, a little bit touchy about what I even talk about with that. But now that this is unfolding, it's actually. It's weird, but it's also opening us, I think, to talk right. about it a little bit more and in a different way. Well, that's kind of another facet of it because I think there's also the fact that I've always identified as Puerto Rican because BioDad is Puerto Rican. Mm-hmm. And people look at me and I'm fair skinned, blonde hair, blue eyes, and people will be like, you know, that's just ridiculous. You're not Puerto Rican. Like, get, he's obviously not your dad. And people don't seem to realize that that's not really how <laughs> Latin cultures, many of them work. So that was definitely... in Italy. <laughs> right. There's a lot of Italians with blonde hair, blue eyes. <laughs> right. There was quite a bit of an undertone, a racist undertone in a lot of my upbringing. Yeah. Some very blatant things that were that were said throughout my upbringing about Latinos in general and the culture and we don't want Cheryl to have an accent and it was something that really always kind of bothered me and I was protective of that was part of my identity but it was a part of my identity that had to be kept separate from our our family Mm -hmm. like mom's family and certainly dad dad has a very strong opinion which came from grandpa who hates my bio dad so maternal grandpa maternal grandpa hates bio dad and so our dad hates hates him because of maternal grandpa okay so maternal grandpa has some very legit reasons for hating my bio dad yeah he endangered and abused his daughter and his grandchild so absolutely hate him but also you have that racism underneath Yes. So because of all of that, he was like, no, that man is not. Because I do remember 
so grandpa wouldn't have anything to do with me for a while. He was like, that's not my grandchild. And then he saw me and he was like, you know, this little blonde hair, blue eyed kid and was like, okay, she'll do. Like, that's okay. So then he was just like, oh, not really his. And that's kind of how his brain sort of ticked into place to be okay to take me in. Because they did take me in for a while. Can I just say, ew? Of course, Thanks. you can say ew. So for him, when there was a conversation with our dad, mm-hmm. it was, that's not her father. It doesn't, it, like, that's it. It's just I, I presented as a fact. Can't possibly be. So that was what was passed on. So that's the message that dad got. Also, he did talk to mom and mom did say she's not sure. She said what she said to you. Right. She's not sure. Mom did say very honestly, I don't know. And that has always been her position. Except in private moments with me when she said, you look like your sister. And she even said, I wish the other guy was your father because he was so smart and she looked up to him and there was all this other admiration and bio dad had problems. And... (laughs) That's an understatement. (laughs) (laughs) Had a lot of problems. But as I was getting older and my face was maturing more, more and more, she was feeling like it was pretty undeniable. I had always just kind of went, okay, whatever. We don't know. We don't know. Until I was in high school and I was at our cousin's house and we're going through like hundreds of her pictures and everything. And I picked up this picture of my mom and this man and I said, that's my father. I was like, that's my smile. That's the shape of my eyes. That's my dad. My cousin took the picture and she looked at it. And she was like, oh, yeah, that's. And she says his name. She was like, how did you know? And I was like, that's my face. <laughs> like these two people right here. That is how I came to be. <laughs> there's there's just no doubt in my mind. And I felt it. The hair stood up on ends. It was a real moment for me where I was like, OK, this is as close to a blood test as I can get with someone that I can't find. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just kind of. Like, this is, this is what's happening here. This is my situation. Um, <laughs> so it was at that point that I very much leaned into being a Latina and really identifying in that way. And of course, I was like 15, 16, when you really do start to identify yourself, you're finding your identity. And I leaned in and I found a community with Latin student groups. Mm-hmm you know, in high school and in college. And in high school, I had moved to a new high school, didn't know anybody. And it was a lot bigger. It was huge. It went from, so I went from a school of like 96 kids to a class of 3,000. So it was ridiculously huge culture shock. I went from a small town to inner city, or just about the inner city, right around the time of, the Puerto Rican Day Parade, there was a lot of identity stuff and there was camps sort of setting up between Puerto Rican students and Dominican students. There were things going on and I had no idea because I wasn't really, I was new to the school. I didn't know anybody. I remember at one point going down the hallway and being pulled into the theater. As I was walking down the hallway, someone pulls me out of the hallway into the theater and he said, you can't walk by yourself. And I was like, what's happening? And pointed to a group of students that were down by the next like open classroom which would have been like wood shop or whatever was down there and he was like those kids down there they will hurt you and so it was like you're in danger because you're Puerto Rican and they're Dominican and it was like this these camps that the students had taken out and I was like how do they even know like my own family doesn't 
doesn't seem to get it. <laughs> like, they don't know. How does... Because of your last name. Well, yeah, so I do have a very Latin last name. However... That could be crossed over. Yeah. It's, it's a it's a very... <laughs> right. It's, it's a Spanish last name, which covers many, many different cultures and backgrounds. It was really a unique situation. And so I did find a community with Puerto Rican students. And luckily, when I went to college, I was in Los Latinos Unidos was the group that I was in, the student group that I was in, and became friends with all kinds of Latinos. And we did not have that kind of camp situation. I have very good friends that are Dominican, Puerto Rican, Colombian. Uh (laughs) It it was definitely a different situation. So that was a unique thing. I don't want to start like a a race breakout between Dominicans and Puerto Ah! Ricans. (laughs) I I really don't want to start something there because that was the most ridiculous thing that these high school teenagers had broken into this camp. That was very dumb, as teenagers are dumb. Yeah. (laughs) True. But we were finding our identity, and this was part of it. So throughout my life, I didn't grow up to be, like, afraid of other Latin cultures, but I did lean in strongly into... Mm -hmm being a Latina. And the big earrings, the dark lipstick, with the dark liner. <laughs> yeah, you did. Yeah. It's also like late 90s, early 2000s style. <laughs> yes. So a lot of people were just like, well, you're just, you're just being a teenager and it's cool to be Latina right mm-hmm. now. I was like, no, no, I, but I am. I actually recently had a colleague be like, what, you're claiming what? Because we were talking about BNI at work and I was like, well, if we want to meet those numbers, I did apply to that management role, kind of like jokingly. Mm-hmm. The, I'm like, I'm a woman and a Latina. And they were like, you're claiming Latina now? And I was like, now and for the last 30 blah, 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 years. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, since my birthday, bitches. Okay, that bugs me that they are like, you're claiming. Ew, stop it. That's none of your business. I don't like that word. Cl- you're claiming it now. It sounds to me like, we don't have to get into this deep, but like all the gender stuff that's going right now, oh, you're claiming non-binary or you're claiming gender fluid or you're claiming, like, no, shush your mouth. Agreed. That's so disrespectful. Agreed. 1,000%. It was a very like entitled and dismissive way of addressing a human about their identity from someone of a privileged position that's never really questioned their identity. Mm. It was a moment where, don't worry, I put him in his place. <laughs> I let him know. <laughs> good, good. Did you have any doubt? <laughs> uh, nah, not really. <laughs> I've known you long enough. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, all circling back to, mm-hmm. there was a time when you would, you were like real little. You had to be like four. And you were like, you're not Puerto Rican. That's just silly. Okay, if you're going to say you're Puerto Rican, then I'm Italian. Italian. Because <laughs> like, I want to be. And yeah. I was like, that's not really how this works. <laughs> that's how I interpreted it. <laughs> right. And because we had people in the family that were very dismissive of yeah. that possibility, because they didn't want it to be true. And the racist undertones. Hi. Hi, hi Auntie. How are you doing, Auntie? You want to come say hi to our listeners? Hello, listeners. It's Auntie Laura. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. (laughs) That's our situation. That's our first outside appearance of our family. That is. So we have a couple of firsts happening right now. It's our first time together (laughs) as people. (laughs) As people? (laughs) 
think that's really accurate. In it's our first time together as people. Oh my goodness. <laughs> it's our first time recording together in person. We just had our a guest visit from Auntie Laura who stepped in. So you got to meet her. Mm-hmm. And we... A lot yeah. happening in this episode. That's a lot to absorb. So I think it's good we keep this one short. Yeah. Because that's a lot for anybody to take in. Yeah. Like my my boss said when I was like, so I'm going to meet my brother. He was like, your life is not boring. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. I was like, that's kind of the goal. I'd like to get to a place in life when I'm a boring boring person where I'd be like, what's going on? You know, thankfully, nothing. (laughs) Like that's, (laughs) That's the goal is to get to a place where I'm like, I'm just living an everyday normal life. Normal life. Yeah. Well, I hope you guys are having a normal day and uh, a beautiful normal <laughs> day. And thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. Please like, subscribe, comment. Download, comment. Tell us what you're thinking, what you're feeling. We love you. And don't forget to check out my beautiful, wonderful sister's website. And our podcast website, sisterlysituationspodcast.com. Love you. Love you. Bye. Bye.